Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday, December 1st. Um, hope you had a great week. That's been um, a lot of fun for all of us, I'm sure. Uh, so today, we're here to talk about tracking and optimizing uh, ad revenue for your mobile app. So I've got a few questions for you, make sure everybody's kind of on the same page. But uh, are there any, I can't, I can see faces, I guess. Um, anybody have using um, ads in their apps today, in the app stores? Okay. okay, good. Anybody thinking about it? Great, great, okay. And those that do, are, are you using a mediation service at all or just a single provider? He works for media advertising. Okay, great. So this talk is going to be split up um, in uh, two parts. Um, I'm going to talk about the overview of what um, app uh, revenue is, modeling, KPIs, and then talk about how we're going to track those um, user metrics, so what users are doing, clicking, making requests to get those ads. And then uh, Prashant will come up, and he'll talk about utilizing that and building out a framework, per se, so that uh, you could follow the best practices, which is a lot of common uh, developers are using now as multiple ad providers to get the best revenue and fill rate. So for instance, like if you do a single provider, they may not um, provide the best ads or the best revenue or the most fill rate based on country, location, whatever it might be. You want to be able to provide the best um, uh, experience for those users, and you want to get the most revenue out of those ads. So a lot of uh, developers will use a multiple ad providers and then display those in your app. And so you can go with a mediation service, what they call it, which is a service that has multiple ad providers, and then you just say, okay, go call the SDK, and then the um, mediation service decides which ads to do, and they decide this algorithm. But what we're going to talk about today is utilizing AWS resources because we have that available and we can maximize that revenue, um, optimize the experience because these mediation services don't have the uh, access to the user behaviors, user demographics, whatever it might be. So not only we're going to be able to increase and optimize our ad revenue, we'll be able to create a, create a better experience for those users um, experiencing like um, better ads or maybe show videos versus banners, incentive ads. So I'll talk about some of that ecosystem so you guys are familiar with it. And then if you're, um, we'll have a few minutes uh, after to answer questions. And if uh, you have any projects you're working on or something, we'll um, be in the hallway afterwards if you want to talk about anything. So the agenda overview of mobile app ad monetization, that's what I'll be talking about. Um, I'm going to go over the interstitial, the different type of banner ads. Um, what the models look like, how to make money from it, um, and then tracking those uh, KPIs like uh, the CPM and fill rates are the two uh, really important ones. And then um, Prashant will talk about the, the other three is maximizing ad revenue across ad networks. So again, we're going to create this, this framework for building out and um, creating the, the best ad, um, ad network for that user, and then that user will display ads based on their behaviors, if they've had an in-app purchase or whatever they've done. And then he'll show you the example of what that might look like at the end. So let's talk about overview of like what the whole ecosystem looks like. If, um, and it was, I'm glad everybody is, is new to, um, to providing ad, ads to their applications. So 
Mobile app monetization 2017. We have in-app purchases. I'll pull up both of those. And advertising. Those are the two um, big players in a freemium model. So, you know, we got the two choices for generating revenue, um, in-app purchases. Anybody have in-app purchases in their app right now? So you end up games, coins, whatever that might be. So there, there was a switch quite a while ago. It, was, it used to be like a 99 cent, 199 app. And then the freemium model has taken over. And that's what's um, resulted in the growth in in-app purchases and advertising. So the users don't have to pay up front. They download the app. You can let them play a little bit. And then they could upgrade with in-app purchases uh, through the store. They get 99 cents for coins. You've probably all seen it and played with them. Um, so you can put that in your app. And then the other um, monetization piece is the advertising. So as a mobile app developer, you can choose to choose one of the ad providers, and you can display ads. I'll talk about those ways where um, you've seen them, like impressions, clicks, and then conversions. Those are the three ways to, to track that. And I'll talk about the different types of ads and go through. But this is the, um, the ecosystem for making money. If you're a consumer app, you know, if you're an enterprise, and it doesn't really matter. But consumer, this is the two ways they, they can make money off of an app. Games, uh, utility apps, whatever it might be. So let's talk about the types of model, uh, the mo mobile ads. So interstitial, it's always a weird name, but uh, interstitial and banner ads, uh, you may have seen those. So full screen um, or a banner ad on the top or bottom, usually like a rectangle, text to add to occupy the space, um, sometimes in the middle of the screen as well. And the developer can choose to show it um, and when not to show it. And typically, if you have an ad network, you have use their SDK, and then you would just say, go ahead and show ad. And then the ad could rotate every 30 seconds, whatever it be. So when user is using the app, you'll see the banner, and that'll be an impression. So you get you know, impressions. So the more eyeballs on that, more impressions, the more you get paid. And then if those users actually click on it, those are clicks and those are worth a little bit more. And then it's, um, the um, completion would be if anybody clicked on it to another app and then installed that app, you could track that through and actually make more money if it was a conversion to another user. Um, and a skippable video is another way of making money. So you're actually showing video that you can actually skip through. And uh, an example of that is like YouTube. If you go to YouTube and it's say 15 seconds or you just skip it after 10 seconds. Um, because it's, it's an impression and they viewed it, so you get a little bit more credit for that. And then rewarded videos, those are the big ones. Um, there's a, a poker app that I play all the time and you know, I start losing, and so there's an incentive video out there, so it just says you wanna earn you know, $1,000 in credit and uh, watch this video for 30 seconds. And I'll show a demo what that looks like. So basically you say, yeah, sure, and then it'll play for 30 seconds, and then I close it out, and then I'm rewarded that 1,000 credits to continue playing. So it's nice because it's a win-win because the developer still is making money from the ads and then the user experience is, is pretty good because I decided to open up that video and play it. I'm like, okay, this is fine. So it depends on what kind of game, what scenario you might have, um, you can get rewarded for that. So those are kind of nice and depending on what type of user it is, if they, if they played, paid or made an in-app purchase or they're a pro user, maybe we're not going to show any ads at all and if they're an occasional user, we can offer this to them. And then you can get um, rewarded back from the ad provider. And then the last piece is the native ads where you have control um, in the display of it and the text and font. You can make it look like it's kind of part of the app. 
Um, you've seen that before, like in web pages, where it kind of looks like an ad and it's kind of not, but you see it sort of advertising little text on there. That's more like what a native app. So this is kind of the ecosystem, what you have, and the ad providers provide an array of these. Some have all of them, some have only half of those. It just depends on, on the provider. So this one on the left side is a interstitial full, full page ad. So you're playing a game, it's over, and automatically just launches, there's no choice in there. And then, again, you saw that one display come up, and then five seconds later, you'll see it'll do it three times for three different types of ads. So another ad comes up, and then there's uh, usually like a little X there, you could X out and say, great. And so the difference between these and like the banner, so you have the view, because it's like all across the board, so these are considered views, and then the developer is still making money, but yet the, um, it goes away pretty fast, or you can exit out, so the user experience is okay. Not great, but um, that way you can still make money. And then the next one, I gotta switch over here, because I got two beautiful videos here. And then this one is uh, the incentive video I talked about. So watch for 1,080 best credits, and then this video would play for, I think I, sh I shortened it a little bit, but typically it's about 20 to 30 seconds, and the video will play, and then it's connected into um, the ad network, and so it says, okay, we, this person played this video, and then it'll give you credit for if you're viewing this video, and then um, inside the callback, you get a congratulations, you, you've received this credit. This is why I was talking about that, that poker um, application. So this is kind of fun because the experience, kind of, it's a win-win for me and for developers and, and um, ad networks because they get the, the viewers, and then they get incentive to keep using that ad. So our um, app. Does that make sense? Those are the, kind of the two to kind of play with. Um, and then it depends on what provider has um, the ads. You can control the different types of ads that are displayed. Um, and then you can just display only interstitial or only incentive video, depending on your use case, whatever your business is. So let's talk about the ad revenue models. So we have the ad networks we talked about, and then your app. And then we have views, or viewers or impressions, that's where the, the, view, the um, ad comes up or displays the banner. So these are called views or impressions. A click would be if that user actually clicked on it. So that, you see that last one was address, and then it would go to either an app or a website or something, that would be a click. So you get more for, uh, for clicks. And then the conversion would be that conversion of when somebody clicked and then converted to a, uh, a paid, because you'd have like, a, know who that person is, and then that, um, me as the, the mobile app publisher, I would get credit for that conversion of that person buying that dress or something like that. So there's all, these are the three ways to kind of make money. That's the, re, the revenue model for that base. And it gets the you know, lower price, so you have, have lots of impressions, and then you get paid a little bit more for clicks and then obviously conversions. So revenue KPIs. This is where we're gonna start leading into optimizing this because there's uh, something called eCPM, which is the revenue uh, per ad times the number of ads, so fill rate. So revenue per ad and then the number of ads, the fill rate is um, what we call, so when you request an ad, uh, like that banner or the, the full page ad, when you request it and the ad provider doesn't have another ad to show, because uh, behind the scenes, they have third party publishers, right? They have third party um, providers that are actually paying for these views. So, if they only have an um, X number of, of um, ads to show, that fill rate may go down. So if you've, 
if somebody's playing that ad or playing that app a lot and then they're showing ads, those fill rates may go down because that ad provider may not have enough. And that's why a lot of the mobile developers will have the aggregated of, of um, multiple ad providers. So because they want to increase that fill rate. Because every time I request an ad to show, I want to make sure there's an ad to show, right? Because that's revenue for me. So the idea is a lot of them are using multiple um, ad providers and then letting the, the um, provider say which ones to um, display. So again, ECPM or RPM is a revenue per 1,000 ads shown, and the fill rate is a, the number of ads shown over the number of ads requested. And then we'll go into the metrics here, what we want to collect, and then um, how we're going to be able to uh, actually make this work for us. So tracking ad metrics. So this is where we're going to go. So we understand the model and everything, and the CPM and the fill rate. But we want to start tracking metrics on the mo uh, mobile side. And we're going to start tracking three things. We want to track like when that user um, uh, requests, when the user requests, not the user technically, but the app is requesting for an ad. And then was the ad displayed? In other words, did the user see the ad? And then did the user click? <coughs> Part of the show. Uh, um, so those three things, and then clicking on the ads. Because um, down the road, you'll see that when those users, we want to be able to track each one of those uh, segments because we want to know what the fill rate is compared to what the ad provider is saying. The ad provider t will tell us the fill rate, but we're tracking them. We're kind of um, monitoring the mobile side of things. So like if, if uh, my user is in China and they're opening the app and they request an ad, like let's say 10 times, and an ad displays one time, and then in, in the US, they request it 10 times, and it's filled 10 times. That's a full 100% fill rate, right? So then we realize that this network provider has a gap, and they're only filling 1% uh, or 10% of, of those ads in different countries. So this is where we come in, because a lot of that happens between countries and different uh, platforms. They may have um, more availability. So we want to be able to maximize that. So what we're saying is you go in there, and you can't just rely on these ad providers to have a perfect CPM and fill rate. So we're going to build this system out, this network um, framework, so that we can maximize ad revenue. So Amazon Pinpoint, anybody familiar with Amazon Pinpoint? It's our analytics feature, which allows us to um, collect millions of data points from the uh, mobile side. So we provide a mobile client, and then it aggregates data into a, a console or into um, Kinesis, Redshift, Amazon S3, or uh, Elasticsearch, so you can monitor your own. So what we're going to do is we're going to track those three things, right? We're going to track a request, a view, and a click. And we're going to throw those in in Pinpoint. And then later, we're going to have a system go in there and check and validate those versus what the ad network is saying as far as uh, fill rates. So this is just a demonstration. So if you want to um, enable Pinpoint, it's easy. We go to Mobile Hub and then uh, check a box, and it's enabled, and then you integrate the SDK. So along with the SDK, there's uh, two things that's happening. By default, the SDK already tracks your um, user demographics. So right away when you launch this app, it's tracking the session data, and it's tracking those users, what they're doing, what they're on iPhone, um, Android, uh, what locale they're doing, whatever um, default stuff that you need to know about the um, iOS the app version, whatever, that's all collected by default. 
And then when we're talking about collecting um, custom events, so custom events will be like the, the view, the request for an ad, um, a click on an ad, view an ad, whatever it might be. Those would be custom events. Or um, another custom event would be like in-game in purchase um, and any kind of events like some milestone that a, um, a player had, like they were playing a game, they reached a certain level. That'd be a custom event or some kind of transition. So we start, let's go back to this one more time. So they collect the data and we can throw it, there's two options here. We can go into the pinpoint console and look at the aggregated data and see the views, clicks, and requests. Or we can just throw this in the raw S3. And that's the difference between some of the um, analytic providers out there is you own this data. This is, no one's touching it, no one's looking at it and, and monetizing off of your data. This is your data, you can do whatever you want with it. Imagine like S3, you could put in your own graphing software, Elasticsearch, whatever you wanna do with it. And we're gonna actually query that data with, um, with a Lambda function here in a little bit, what Prashant's gonna talk about. So there's two ways to do it. The pinpoint will just, the console will tell you some of the details that you need to know by default, and then if you wanna really dive in deep, you can. So this is registering uh, user attributes. Uh, this is Objective-C. So by default, the above um, automatically collects default endpoints like device model, make, uh, platform, time zone. And then there's certain custom um, events that we talked about besides the ad stuff is um, instead of like users uh, subscribe to like 49ers or Seahawks or favorite teams, whatever it is, they're sort of building that profile. And again, these could be tied into what they might see with the ads. So if they're interested in um, a certain area of the app, like if, like let's say they, they've reached a certain level 10 in your game and they're a pro user, you call them, they haven't paid any money, but they're a pro user and they use it a lot we can actually make that decision to only show them incentive ads or only show them a few ads. But those users that come in on occasion, we wanna show them a little bit more. So that's where we can take uh, advantage of this, this, this analytics and data and actually um, create a personalized ad experience for these users who are uh, playing with the app. So here's the three we talked about, ad requests. So just a simple custom event would be say, the app right now is making a request to the ad network for an ad and then the actual view part where it calls back and there was actually a view of that ad. We're gonna monitor that as an event. And then if that user clicks on it. So imagine these three, just these three values will tell us a lot about that user and tell us a lot about that ad network. And so we'll be able to go and aggregate that data and figure out what we're gonna do with it. So maximizing ad revenue. This is where Prashant's gonna come in. He's gonna talk about the eCPM and the fill rate, and then how we can take those different uh, providers and actually rate them based on that eCPM and that fill rate. Because remember, we talked about like we have one ad provider and we may not have a really good fill rate, but we have a great eCPM, or one ad provider is really good in another country. And so if we have multiple ad providers, we're gonna be able to take the data collected and then pull the API information from those ad networks and then build this framework so that we can optimize you may get you know, a different ad provider, you may get different type of ads, and you will get something else completely, but have a really great experience, and then we're also maximizing that um, opportunity for revenue. So, Prashant, come on up and talk about that, and then I'll, I'll come up and, and close it out. Thanks. Thank you, Dennis. Hey, everyone, I'm Prashant. I'm a senior product manager on Amazon Pinpoint. You met me earlier when I ended up coughing on, with the mic on. Uh, 
So just a quick recap of uh, what Dennis spoke about. He gave you a quick overview of uh, what the mobile app advertising ecosystem looks like, the different types of uh, ads that mobile app developers are showing. Uh, the fact that ad revenue has now surpassed in-app purchase revenue. And he discussed some of the uh, most popular KPIs that mobile app developers are tracking for advertising. So things like views, clicks, um, impressions, and in some cases, conversion as well. And then he gave you an overview of uh, how to use Amazon Pinpoint to track these metrics. So Pinpoint comes with SDKs, which you can add to your mobile app uh, and set up some of those custom events that he discussed. What I'm going to talk about now is using all that data to maximize your ad revenue. So we're going to talk about two things. The first is we're going to rank the revenue from various ad networks and make sure that we're maximizing what we're getting as an app developer. The second is we're going to use attributes that belong to our users, our end users, and optimize and customize the ad experience for those users, right? So two things, maximize revenue from the networks, and the second is customizing for our own users. Let's talk about the first. So an example table of what data from these ad networks looks like. You're primarily interested in this eCPM, uh, which is revenue per thousand impressions. Oh, the E, by the way, means effective CPM. So sometimes you get paid per impression, sometimes you get paid per click, maybe then sometimes per install. So you kind of uh, aggregate all of that into an effective metric, uh, which is the eCPM. And then fill rate, uh, as Dennis discussed, is how many times have you shown an ad versus how many times have you requested an ad. Now let's say you have three ad networks, uh, and ad network one clearly with the lowest CPM at $5, and yet with the highest fill rate of 90%. Uh, network three has the highest CPM, but they only fill three out of 10 ads that you show. Uh, the way you get this data is through APIs uh, in a lot of cases. Most ad networks provide an API for you to fetch this data periodically. Maybe you do a nightly job where you pull uh, eCPM and fill rate data from these uh, networks. Uh, and then what you do is you start with the network with the highest CPM. If the network does not have an ad, you go to the next network uh, with the highest CPM. And if that does not have an ad, you go to the third. Now, this approach is called the waterfall. It's probably an obvious metaphor. It is a pretty popular way of uh, maximizing ad revenue from uh, multiple networks. There are other ways that are coming up. In some cases, uh, app developers ask the network what CPM they're going to provide ahead of time. Uh, now, because a lot of mobile app revenue depends on a user installing the app, the waterfall approach is still extremely popular because it gives you a sense of historic performance of an ad network. But that brings up a question. Uh, how do we uh, define average CPM and fill rate? Are we looking at just the previous day, the previous week? Uh, are we going back six months? The answer there is it, it depends on your use case. Uh, developers do simple things like just looking at the previous three days, and then there are developers that have complex weighted average solutions where they give a higher weight to the recent three days and a slightly lower weight to the last month and so on. It is really up to you. Now, the thing is, because, you calculate, uh, because you're calculate, because you capturing these metrics from Pinpoint, 
and then exporting them to Kinesis, you can do this using lambdas, where you're uh, calculating the average CPM and fill rate for the various networks that you're using. We'll talk about an example setup shortly as well. So that was the first thing we did, which is maximizing ad revenue across networks. The second, as I said, is you want to customize uh, the experience for your users. There's a bunch of things you could do. I have a few examples here based on what a lot of developers have told us that they do. The ad type can be customized based on who the user is. So let's say it's a paying user. Maybe you don't want to show them uh, non uh, opt-out ads, which is they didn't ask for an ad and you showed them an ad, you probably don't want to do that. So for those users, you would show an incentivized video or uh, any other form of incentivized advertising. Uh, then there could be occasional players or occasional users of your app who come in once in a while. Uh, they have a few simple use cases. Maybe it's okay to show them a banner. It's just sitting at the bottom of the app. It's not really interfering with their usage of the app, so on and so forth. Then there's ad frequency. Now, because you're collecting all those metrics on how often users are viewing ads and clicking on ads, maybe even closing them out, you could uh, create a profile of users saying, all right, this user almost never clicks an ad, is always closing it out. So you really uh, have no reason to continue showing uh, too many ads to that user. Maybe you cap it at three per day or two per day. Uh, and then maybe there are some users who love discovering products and apps through these advertisements, and they're clicking on these ads that you're showing them. So in that case, you would up that frequency. Network ranking can also be customized. Uh, a great example of that that we have heard from developers is uh, their geographic location. Now, that table that we saw with the CPM rankings, it's, it depends on which geography the user is coming from. So the US would have a different ranking versus uh, LATAM would have another ranking. Asia Pacific would have another. So you could customize based on that user locale that you're tracking. And then finally, download caps. Now, something a lot of developers told us that they run into is that because they're showing videos and those videos are being pre-cached on the device, they end up consuming a lot of data for their end users. So you want to be careful when you do that and limit how much uh, you're downloading. Similarly, you're adding a lot of SDKs, uh, which takes up space on the disk. So you could do that kind of customization as well. Let's say there are users that are coming in through cellular networks. Maybe you want to have a, a lower data, a lower download cap for those users. But if they're on Wi-Fi, you, you're okay with a slightly higher uh, download cap. So those are the two things. A quick pictorial example of what this might be like. So let's say you have these four ads that you can show to your users from multiple ad networks. The first thing you do is the waterfall. You rank those ads based on eCPM and fill rate. Then you apply another filter, which is your user customization. One example of that is someone being a paying user, and you decide that you don't want to show ad three, which maybe is a non-skippable video ad. So you, you create that final waterfall based on those two factors, the ranking from the ad networks and uh, the customization for your users. Now, as Dennis briefly mentioned, there are services that do this waterfall ranking for you. Uh, they're called mediation services. There's a bunch of them out there. 
which does bring up the question of, well, then do you really need to implement any of this? Uh, why not just use those services? Uh, most of them are free. Uh, they have a shared revenue model in some cases, or they have their own ad network that they're using uh, in that mediation waterfall. We talked to a few developers to understand what they think are the pros and cons of building an in-house uh, mediation system versus using a third party. Uh, the ad network ranking logic that we spoke about. Now, if you're using a third party service, it's really pretty much up to them how they rank it. And a lot of them do a good job. Developers have told us that. But you have no um, insight. It's really a black box. They do let you manually create ranking as well if you don't want to use their algorithm. But that's pretty much it. It's binary. Now, if you build, on the other hand, you can do all of that customization that we uh, just spoke about. It's really up to you how you want to calculate that average CPM or uh, the average fill rate. Then there's the issue of ad network choices. Now, when you use a third-party service, like a mediation provider, the ad networks that you get access to depends on that mediation service. So let's say there's a hot new ad network out there, and the mediation service that you're using has not yet integrated with that ad network, you end, out, uh, you end up losing out on that ad network. But if you're building it on your own, all you do is either use the APIs from that ad network or drop in their SDK. And you can, you're set to go from day one. Customization for users. Uh, what a lot of developers have told us is while mediation services or third-party services do customize to a certain extent based on historical performance, they don't know those users the way you do. They're your users, your end users. You know best how they're using your app, uh, what kind of features they're using. It's, this is rarely data that the uh, third-party services have. So the advantage you get when you build is that you can use these app analytics and user attributes uh, to do that customization that we spoke about. And finally, uh, performance controls. We spoke about download caps and SDK size. Uh, a lot of uh, mediation services provide some form of control through a console or a dashboard. But ultimately, you're at the mercy of what features they provide. Whereas if you're building, you can pretty much customize this any which way you want. A lot of developers have told us that they spend a lot of time reaching out to these ad networks and requesting them for these features and saying, hey, can you reduce the number of videos you're downloading? Or uh, can you give us that option to control how much you download? So you can sort of avoid all that if you build it on your own. All right, so a quick summary of what we're going to track. On the one hand, we're tracking ad KPIs. So things like requests, impressions, click-through rate, conversion rate, and finally, RPM or CPM. You would also group these by country. Uh, this is something that a lot of uh, ad networks provide out of the box as well. Then on the other hand, you're tracking user attributes. Now, if you use Pinpoint to uh, capture these analytics, you get a lot of these attributes out of the box. Things like the platform, the version of the platform, uh, the device, the device model, uh, country or locale. You don't have to worry about uh, capturing that information. And then you have these custom attributes. I've just given some examples there. Uh, as app developers, I'm sure you uh, have many more ideas of what custom attributes you want to track. Uh, we're going to use these examples in, a cup, in the discussion that follows as well. So for now, I'm just capturing attributes like pro user, paying user, engaged user, and occasional user. 
So let's see what an implementation might look like. Uh, so let's first sketch the mental model of what we're going to do and then see what an example implementation of that might look like on AWS. As we discussed, the first thing you're doing is getting all of that CPM and fill rate data, right, from the various ad networks. Maybe it looks something like this, where you're getting Amazon ads, uh, you're getting incentivized video from Amazon, uh, you have locations like US and Canada, you're capturing the platform, and then you get CPM and fill rate. So you go do the same thing for all of these other networks. Now the way you get this data, as I mentioned, is through APIs that these ad networks provide. Then you create that user customization config table. So there's a bunch of ways you can do this. Uh, what I'm describing here is a very simple, basic example. You can customize this and make this much more advanced. So let me walk you through what I uh, mean by user customization config. So look at those four user attributes that we discussed, pro user, occasional engaged, and uh, engaged non-payer and occasional user. We assign a priority to them. The reason we're doing the priority is some users might fall into multiple buckets, and then you want to know which attribute takes priority over the other when deciding what to do. Then using all of that console data on Pinpoint, you maybe came up with a hypothesis that for my pro users, I don't want to show any ads, period. They're paid for the app. For my occasional payer, I'm okay with showing an incentivized video. Now, these are uh, paying users, so they're clearly engaged with your app. An incentivized video gives them a reward in your application, which means they get to continue using it. So it's a great way to uh, incentivize them to continue using your app. Then the engaged non-payer. This player is engaged, so you probably want to show a banner ad, which is sitting at the top or bottom, not super intrusive, maybe a little annoying in some cases. We've all seen those ads. Uh, and finally, the occasional user, maybe you're okay there with showing an interstitial ad. And lastly, frequency. How many ads do you want to show to each of these users? So that is customizable as well. Now, in this example, what I'm implying is that you do this analysis offline and then manually create this table. So maybe you have an admin panel where you go and enter these uh, rules, uh, mostly heuristic here. But we have spoken to developers who automated all of this. So they're capturing data through services like Pinpoint, exporting that data through Kinesis or some other service like that to a data warehouse, and then they uh, calculate what they think should be the priorities, the ad types, and the frequency based on historical data. So it's really up to you uh, how deep you want to go into that kind of customization. Once you have these two tables, and it's time to show an ad. So your mobile app client makes a request to your server saying, hey, uh, I have a new user. At some point in this user's lifecycle, I'm going to show an ad, so tell me what I need to show this user. So then your backend wants to send a config down, a JSON, saying, all right, I know this user. We decided that we're going to show this user a video, and we think Amazon ads will deliver the highest CPM, so you should show an Amazon ad first and we don't want to download more than three ads for this user, things like that. So your app client will receive a JSON that looks something like that. Again, as I said, you can make that as complex as you want, as simple as you want. It's up to you. Your client then uses this uh, JSON config 
to determine how it's calling each of these networks. So in this case, network B has been ranked number one for this user. And you want to show an ad type of interstitial full. So what you do is you make a call to network B. Uh, all of these networks have SDKs that have simple methods, like show me an ad from network B. So that's what you do then. And if network B gets back with no ad, because it has a low fill rate, maybe, then you go to the second network in that list, which is Amazon Ads in this case, and you request an ad from them. You can fetch all of those ads ahead of time if you want and cache them, at which point you need that frequency number uh, to be able to know how many ads you should cache. So that's what the app client would do using this uh, config. Uh, let's look at a sample implementation. Now, again, this depends entirely on what your backend system looks like. Uh, we spoke to a couple of developers, discussed some ideas with them, and we thought something like this might work. So your mobile app is sending data to Pinpoint. Those are the uh, KPIs that we discussed, like the ad views, ad requests, clicks, uh, maybe users are closing the ad, you're tracking that. And importantly, you're also tracking user attributes. So device, locale, um, are they a paying user? Did they uh, sign up for something in your app? All of those attributes are also being captured. Now, you could use this data on Kinesis to do your own offline analysis. Maybe just looking at the console, you can make some decisions. But if you want, uh, you can export it to Kinesis as well. The export is automatic and free. So you can just set it up once, and it's doing that for you in real time. So all of this data that's coming from your app is available both in Pinpoint and in Kinesis within minutes. Now, the neat thing there is you can use a Lambda on all of the data that's coming into Kinesis, intercept it, and decide on that customization for users that we spoke about. So in real time, you can update that user config table to decide which user should see what kind of ads in which order and how often. In parallel, you're calling those ad network APIs that we spoke about to get average CPM and fill rate data for each of those locations. We're calling that the waterfall lambda. It's a name Dennis came up with. I really like it. Um, and that data is all going into the ad network table. Now, in this case, we're using a Dynamo uh, to store all of this. You're really uh, free to decide whatever works best for you. Maybe you have in-house systems that already work. Then we have another Lambda, which we're calling the ad director Lambda. What that's doing is it's collating this information from the ad networks on CPM and fill rates. It's then looking at the user config table, it's bringing those two together to decide on the ranking for the ad networks. So we saw earlier how it said network B is ranked highest for this user. Amazon ads is ranked second. So that's the logic that the ad director Lambda would do. That Lambda has another function. Maybe it's fronted by API gateway. That, that's one way to do this. But your app will make the request to that Lambda on boot up. So it will reach out to the Lambda and say, hey, uh, I have a new user. I'm going to show an ad at some point uh, in the next few minutes. So tell me what I need to show, and tell me which ad networks I need to call to show the ad. So the Lambda, because it's done that processing on those two Dynamo tables, it knows what to send this device based on the user attributes, and it sends that JSON back to the app client. And you're good to go. As I said, this is just one example implementation. You could do this in any number of ways, but the idea is to give you the mental model of uh, what's under the hood when you're doing this. 
quick recap of the two lambdas that we discussed. So waterfall factory lambda is the one that's pulling those daily reports from ad provider APIs, aggregating that with all of those ad metrics that we collected, and then using those custom attributes to create that ranked list of networks. And the ad director lambda is the one that the mobile app is talking to to fetch that ranked list uh, based on user attributes to decide which networks to call for each of these ads. So a quick summary of what we discussed. We spoke about how ads are a significant source of revenue today, $100 billion versus $81 billion for in-app purchases. So they've actually surpassed IAPs from the last couple of years. Because it's such an important source of revenue, you want to do a good job maximizing it and maintaining a good user experience, which is why you will track ad metrics and user attributes using a service like Amazon Pinpoint. Then you will use all of this data to maximize ad revenue across networks. We discussed the waterfall approach. There could be other approaches. There are hybrid approaches between waterfall and uh, programmatic or header bidding solutions. It's really up to you and your need. Uh, you also gathered user attributes to customize for users, and you can do this as well with Amazon Pinpoint. So it captures some user attributes out of the box. The others you would report through custom events. And then finally, we discussed an example implementation of all of these things uh, where the two lambdas were playing the key role, but you have a couple of uh, data tables um, and uh, you had Kinesis in the picture and you were also talking to the ad network APIs. So that brings us to the end of uh, the discussion. We, as Dennis said, we're happy to take questions both here and if you want to discuss your own implementations outside, uh, it was, Great having you all with us here today. Uh, please do provide us feedback and help us improve so we can do this better each time. And we're happy to take questions. Dennis, do you want to come in? Sure. Yeah, yeah we got. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we got a few minutes, so yeah, we could more than happy to take questions if you want to touch speaker. But um, yeah, this is an exciting topic for us. We kind of uh, brought this up and, and um, talking about, you know, monetizing ads is, uh, is kind of fun in a way because when you start looking at the, the, the graphs or the dashboards from the providers and you start seeing the money come in and, and uh, we both have done that in the past with the apps in the app store and you're like, ah, because I like making money. So it's kind of fun we're having um, the ads and then using the cloud is, is great because we can have control over it. We could, you know, again, we could buy or build our own. So um, hopefully this exposed everyone because I know a lot of you might have been yeah, considering it, but um, it's, a, it's a good exposure to understand how uh, the ad networks work. And, and so if you do decide to go with a mediation service, you kind of know what to look for and, and the experience you might have. So any questions? Uh, and I, can I request you to use the mics because we want to make sure people look, uh, watching this as well hear your questions. Uh, so there's two well, mics, one here yeah. and... So I'm just trying to think through the specifics of uh, you know, classifying the networks and classifying the users. Is it perhaps, do, do you think it's a good pattern to 
say classify the users, figure out what your user tiers are, and also then figure out the rules for each tier and that just to, just to minimize what you need to do in your daily or periodic calculations, or how would you optimize that? Uh, so if I'm hearing the question right, uh, you're asking if we should create those user profiles and configuration once, or maybe like at a smaller frequency than you're updating the ad network mm -hmm. data. Um, I, I, I think that would work. So a lot of the stuff we showed you today, we spoke to developers about how they're doing this, and there are some teams that uh, use that user configuration for other things in the app as well. So like what promotion should we show this user today? What features should we surface on the home page? And it's that same user config system that's then being used to decide which ads get shown as well. So in, in those cases, you probably want to update that user config pretty often uh, based on what users are doing on any given day. But if that, that, that's not your use case and you have a fairly good idea of what a user is like, right, maybe in the first week of their usage, then you could just do the config once and forget it. Yeah, that's the nice thing about the Lambda function, right? Because we have, if we did a one-day thing, we can go call the APIs for the providers once a day and then just sits there idle the rest of the time, pulls in the data, and it's all automated. So you can automate the config file as well. Because eCPM does fluctuate from ad providers. Like you could be, have great eCPM, and then two weeks later, all of a sudden just drops per country, per whatever it is. Absolutely. So you kind of want to balance that out and, and monitor. Hey, <clears throat> my name's David Mason. I work for Rovio, and uh, we run our own ads mediation. And uh, actually, we don't waterfall. We have uh, yield optimization, so we actually manage by eCPM each request. So I'd say that your view here is is a good start, but it's by no means very forward leaning because the ads will move to RTB and it is already moving to RTB. So I think you should think about how you. But my ask to you is why you. It's great that you're talking about this subject because it's a significant revenue opportunity and you should be optimizing the ads experience for each of your users. But then why are you not offering a, a full, more fuller-blown service as well? Because I think this is an area where you could step up and provide uh, effectively a more holistic approach in mobile as well. Uh, absolutely. And just, just to repeat, uh, so I, I didn't quite hear your uh, name, but... So I think what's being said is there are uh, yield optimization approaches and real-time bidding solutions that will actually do a significantly better job than the waterfalls because as opposed to looking at historic data, you're looking at data Im immediately. So it's, it's predictive CPM. What's, or in some cases, it's the guaranteed CPM that an ad network will pay for that impression. Um, so as I said, it, th there are many ways to do this. If your ad network is making most of its revenue from conversion through app installs, for example, we have seen cases where uh, the advertiser is not quite willing to pay uh, a guaranteed CPM for impression uh, because th their entire revenue model works on how much uh, they're paying per install and then if their LTV is higher than that uh, cost per install or not. Uh, but if, if it's not a mobile game advertiser and it's a brand advertiser who is more than happy to pay per impression, then absolutely an RTB solution would uh, work better. That said, we have spoken to developers who are using both uh, to maximize their revenue, and they're still doing user optimization based on their own user attributes and uh, data. Thanks for the feedback. We can talk later. Uh, okay. Any other questions? 
All right, thanks everyone. We'll be in the hall. Yeah, have any uh, additional Thank questions? you. It was great having you here. Thank you.